And hello, everyone, and welcome to Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us here on a football Friday before the home opener. And again, the Jets just get keep getting punched in the mouth by the injury bug. More breaking news, which we will get to. We will talk about the game this weekend. And now a big elephant, or maybe even Raven, in the room for this weekend's game. Again, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. If you're new to the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you're joining us after the live stream, make sure you put your questions in the comments so we can get to them. Also, check out our community page on the channel where we will do polls, and we have a good one this week. Is the honeymoon over for Robert Sala and Zach Wilson? I will get to that poll in a little bit, so if you haven't had time to check it out, you can go fill it out now. And, of course, the live chat is open as always, as we get your comments, your questions, and your opinions. But let's start off with the big news, which is Dwayne Brown injured for the New York Jets, a shoulder issue this week that basically he is out for the Ravens game and there is a hint that he could be on the IR. Now the question will be, is it the short-term IR or is it the full season IR from what it sounds like? It sounds like the short-term IR. But either way, another huge blow to this New York Jet team. And this goes back to one of my problems I had with this team in draft night. And if you're if you are new to the channel, I've really been harping on the offensive line throughout the draft process. I do a lot of mock drafts on this. I do a lot of draft analysis for the Jets and for the league. But I kept looking at the Jets draft that they needed to draft a tackle with one of their first four picks. And I have basically been pounding the table for tackle position. And I know Mackay Becton and hindsight is 2020 and all this. And look, I like Max Mitchell and I will get to him in a minute. But I will always go back to draft night and people will always go back to your reaction. Like, what was your instant reaction? And I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for this. So let me preface this by, by saying, I know I'm not going to be a popular opinion here. But when the Jets selected Sauce Gardner at the fourth pick, I did see a lot of Jet fans get excited. Yes, I know Sauce is arguably the best defensive player in the trial draft. Yes, he could be a game changer for this secondary. Yes, he could be an unbelievable talent that helps this Jet defense. But I will always remember sitting there on draft night, and I will always remember I was actually producing a show for the NFL draft that night, and my producer looked at me and said, well, what do you think about the pick? And I went, I kind of shrugged. Personally, I didn't love it because I thought the Jets needed to improve the offensive line. And I've always said that when the night was over, I got more excited because the Jets ended up with Jermaine Johnson. The Jets got Garrett Wilson. But my thought process going into night two was, okay, there's a lot of good prospects still on day two of the draft. I had the feeling because the Jets had the third round pick, they had the addition, they still had the second round pick that they didn't trade, that they were going to get a tackle. And when they got Brees Hall, I was like, okay, good pick, but maybe they'll trade up again for a tackle. And they didn't do a tackle position until Max Mitchell in the fourth round. And I did like Mitchell as a prospect. I thought he could be a developmental prospect, but for what the Jets need, the Jets needed to answer a question this year. And that is, is Zach Wilson the franchise quarterback? And that's to eliminate the variables. And I remember saying at the time, 
it doesn't matter if this defense is a top 10 defense. It doesn't matter if Sauce Gardner is a pro bowler as a rookie. It doesn't matter if the quarterback position isn't figured out. And it doesn't matter because if the offensive line is bad, this could be a major issue. Now, the Jets, and I understand Joe Douglas's thinking. You've invested a first-round pick in Mekhi Becton. You want to try to see it through. I get all of that. But throughout the entire offseason, when this team failed to sign a tackle, and they did bring in Dwayne Brown, but even when they brought in Dwayne Brown, and while I was excited about Brown, while Brown was in great shape, he still was 37 years old. And when you're that old, injuries are not your friend, and it's a lot easier to get hurt, and the wear and tear can catch up on you at any time. We have seen it countless times in the NFL, and it looks like it is doing the exact same thing right now to Dwayne Brown. The hope is he's only out for a couple weeks, but if this is truly a season-ending injury, and the Jets haven't made any indications of this, but the way things have been going for the Jets and their injuries, who's to say how long it actually will be? That is, to me, the concerning issue in all of this. The other thing I would say, too, right now is you got to pay George Fant. I mean, he right now is the one bright spot at tackle for this team, moving back to left tackle. And let me say this. The Brown injury is bad. I get it. I understand that there's a lot of panic. And it just feels like it's just an, it's just compounding for this Jet team. Because in the span of a week, you've gone from hoping Zach Wilson could play week one and look it was clear he was never going to play week one, but the way Salah handled the injury was absolutely terrible. And I'll get to that in a moment. But you look right now at this New York Jets team and you look at their offensive line. I don't think it's bad. Again, I really like Elijah Vera Tucker. I like McGovern. I like four of the five spots a lot. And Fant on the left tackle, that's where he was at his best last year, arguably. So a lot's going to be on Max Mitchell's plate. Now, Max Mitchell doesn't have to be great. He just has to be serviceable. The one thing I do wonder with the Jets, and I have been on this theory for months now, basically when the Jets announced that Elijah Vera Tucker was moving over to right guard, I've been saying on this channel, I believe one of the reasons that they are doing this is if they need to kick him out to right tackle because he's done it in college. He's a talented offensive lineman. Maybe, and again, I don't think they really want to do that to Vera Tucker. They feel he has Pro Bowl talent as a guard, maybe not Pro Bowl talent as a tackle, maybe more of a good tackle, not a great tackle compared to where he could be as a guard. But when I look at this Jet team, their depth is better at the guard position than the tackle position. And I would say I would feel more comfortable. I think the Jets' best offensive five, and you can agree or disagree with me, is Nate Herbig at the right guard position. Because, look, he's been a starter in this league at guard for the Eagles. And then you kick Vera Tucker out to the right tackle position. Like, that, I think is the best situation. And if this is indeed a long-term injury to Dwayne Brown and Max Mitchell does struggle at the right tackle position, I would not be surprised if that is a possibility on the table 
as well because the Jets have to consider all possibilities at this point. So another huge blow to this Jet team. I've been a huge Joe Douglas supporter, but again, I don't love the fact that this team did not address the backup tackle position in free agency. I was screaming for the Jets to draft a tackle earlier in the draft, and they didn't. And I understand that the Jets had an unbelievable draft. And this Jet defense has a lot of potential. But you're looking right now, the tackle position, I've been saying it for months, was the biggest concern on this team. And the absolute worst case scenario has happened. Becton is out for the year. Dwayne Brown, we don't know how long he's going to be out. And even Connor McDermott, who I think is a terrible tackle, is out for three to four weeks. So, <laughs> and on top of that, they released Chuma Adoga, which I still do not understand what, I, I still understand why the Jets made that move, but we will have to see what happens. And uh, I understand it's frustrating. It's not ideal when you lose arguably your your starting left tackle and your quarterback going to week one. It's not good, and I completely get that. But I don't think Mitchell is the worst-case scenario. This is a great opportunity for him. Let's see what he can do. But if he is overwhelmed, I would not be surprised if we see Elijah Vera Tucker moving over to the right tackle spot and Nate Herbig into the right guard spot as well. So let me get to your questions in a second. But we will talk about the matchup this weekend, including what could be a big hangover for the Baltimore Ravens. BK, terrible news, but at least we still have fan left tackle, and I'm kind of excited to see what Mitchell can do. Brown robbed us. I wouldn't be surprised if Brown never plays it down for us. How about running more plays with two tight ends? Audition, I think that's going to happen. I think you're going to see a lot more double tight ends out there. Um, and look, if Brown is short-term, that's the hard thing with IR. When they say our IR is an option, the the issue is now in the NFL, you have both the short-term IR and you have the long-term IR. And all we've heard is IR. And that could mean one of two things. It could be four weeks, maybe four to eight weeks, or the full season. So we do not have that official information. I keep checking to see if that official information is coming out. And if it does come out during this broadcast, I will let you know. And also if this information comes out after this recording... Apologies, I can only do with the information I have provided. But I I just have this feeling that with this Jet team, they are going to do a lot of the two tight ends, maybe three tight end formations. They're going to allow Mitchell. And look, Mitchell's got great opportunity. And Mitchell, the Jets really like him. I thought he actually played pretty well in the preseason. They feel he is further along in his development than they were hoping at this point. And look, this is this is a great opportunity for him. Mitchell has an opportunity to basically go out and earn a starting tackle position. Now for Brown, I don't know. I know the contract is mostly guaranteed. It's a two-year contract. It'll be interesting to see what the Jets do with that money. I do wonder, too, how it does work with the injury claims. But let's focus on this weekend, which is a lot of the air has been taken out of the balloon, if I'm honest to check with Jet fans and seeing the reaction on social media with Zach obviously not playing. And I understand that that is a gut punch and I understand it is absolutely frustrating. But still, this to me is a game where the Jets 
they need to show up. The Jets, we cannot be in a situation where the Jets are getting blown out. The Jets have to be competitive because look, the Ravens don't have J.K. Dobbins, their best running back. Their running backs have been impacted. They don't have a great receiving core. Their offensive line is up in the air. And look, the other biggest thing too is Lamar Jackson today just announced that he turned down their offer. So he will play and bet on himself this year. And you do wonder if that's going to become a distraction for the Ravens because you know that's going to still be a talking point this entire season. Are there people in that locker room that are not happy with that organization? Because to be frank, of all the guys that got an extension this offseason, Lamar was probably the most deserving. He's the one looking around going, you got to be kidding me. Deshaun Watson hasn't played in a year, has legal issues, ends up getting suspended 11 games, gets the fully guaranteed contract. You even look at like Kyler Murray. They have to put an addendum in the contract where he has to study and he gets paid. Russell Wilson hasn't played a single snap for the Broncos. And they give him a massive extension. Meanwhile, Lamar's done everything right in Baltimore. He's been a leader in that community. He's done so much for that community, and yet they won't give him a contract. So I do wonder if that could be a potential hangover. And look, for this Jet team, they don't have to go out there and score 35 points. I think their defense now is a lot better, and they can hold this offense. Because outside Lamar I and really Andrews, this offense doesn't have a lot of playmakers. This is going to be a big weekend for this defense and for Salah and the staff because last year we wrote it off that this defense was bad and with injuries. They had those built-in excuses. They don't have that anymore. Their defense is the healthiest unit on the team right now. Their defense has added a lot of pieces. Their defense, they've added more pieces to in the draft than their offense. And you can argue that now in hindsight, that might not have been the best decision. So this defense has to go out and prove itself. They have to stop the run. And this Baltimore defense, too, it's going to be tough. But Joe Flacco just has to be a game manager. Like what he did against Miami last year is what you would like to see. 250 yards, about 60% completions, moving the football, maybe with a touchdown, but no turnovers. Like that's what the Jets need to do. Run the football consistently and have Joe Flacco just be a game manager. Antka, I think I'm saying that wrong, or is it AntGA29? I apologize if I missaid your name. Hey, Richard, we curse. Can we ever get a break? Now we have to start a rookie at tackle. I've been asking that same question this week, too. Um, but the things I look at, try to be positive, and I will get to BK your question. Do you think they have a realistic shot on Sunday? Um, how much money is on that left side this year? Geez, yeah, that's not good. Not good, Salma Jets. Um, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Um, because still they have four of the five offensive linemen, and to be fair, you have Fant back at the position he's at best, and he feels more comfortable, and he says he's more comfortable at the left tackle. And while I love Dwayne Brown, I think Dwayne Brown is a great player. The problem is we don't know where Dwayne Brown is at right now. How good is he still? They've said all the right things. He's in great shape, but we haven't seen him on the field. And last year was his worst pass blocking year in the NFL. 
So you do wonder where he is at. Now, for Mitchell, it's still going to be a test because you have a lot of great pass rushers early. He's going to be tested. You know they're going to be overloading that side. Let's see what he can do. I do think the Jets are going to try to run the ball to the left side more. I do think the Jets are going to try to at least have those coverages over there, have an extra tight end to help with the blocking. So it's a great opportunity for Mitchell. We'll have to see what he can do. Um, yeah, Brown, that's Snoopy. That's the weird thing. Brown was a pro bowler last year, but to be fair, I think it was more on merit. I mean, pro bowl offensive lines are always funny just because it feels like if you've, it's like, let's be honest, it's a popularity contest because a lot of general NFL fans don't know offensive tackles for every freaking team. So, I think it was more like, oh, you know, Dwayne Brown. Yeah, like I know he's great. He's made Pro Bowls before. I'll vote for him. So I do think that is a little misleading. BK, do you think we have a realistic shot to win on Sunday? Look, to be honest, I think the Jets do. I felt a lot better if Zach Wilson was playing or if Dwayne Brown was playing. But look, I still think the Ravens, they're a weird team. Number one run defense in the league last year, but 32 against the pass. I don't think they're going to be as bad against the pass. It's going to be a low-scoring, ugly game. The big thing is, can this Jet defense slow down Lamar? Are they able to take away his favorite toy, Mark Andrews? Those are going to be the two biggest factors for the Jets, and I'm curious to see what they do. Do they play corners? Do they try maybe putting sauce on Andrews? That seems like a tall task, but he's six foot three. He can maybe be the only D-back that can really match up size-wise. Do they put Jordan Whitehead on him? Do they double team him? I'm curious to see how they do it. And the one thing about this Jet defense is they do seem a lot faster. I'm curious to see what personnel packages they're going to employ on the field. You're going to see a lot more speed. And look, the Jets defense, they're going to have to be leaned on. They're going to have to make a statement that they're a better unit and they can make a play. And look, this Jet team defense, they're going to have to force turnovers. They're going to have to create like the jets to win this game right now for me the offense has to just manage the game but the defense or the special teams has to make a play like they are going to need a special team play whether it's a big return whether it's a blocked or a mishandling on the baltimore side or on the defensive end the jets need to force turnovers and the jets were terrible at that last year but the jets need to force turnovers they need to get more possessions and realistically, I was going to say milk clock and run it, but the Ravens have a great run defense. I don't think the Jets can play the possession game like some other teams could. And look, Joe Flacco, he has seen everything. You do know he's going to be able to pick up those blitz coverages. The big question is, can he be efficient with the football? Can he be able to move the ball efficiently down the field? Can he not turn the football over? And can the Ravens slow him down? I mean, one of the biggest things, too, is, and what I'm fascinated, if you have him in fantasy, I'm playing Elijah Moore in fantasy because Elijah Moore's best game last year came when Joe Flacco was the quarterback. Flacco targeted him 11 times for eight catches over 100 yards and a touchdown. So one of the things I am curious, too, is will Flacco lean on more of the veterans than the young guys? Because he does have Garrett Wilson. But is he going to – he really loves Elijah Moore. He's already compared him to Steve Smith. We've seen that connection he had with Steve Smith in Baltimore. Will we see him try to focus on Elijah Moore, maybe to a fault? Is he willing to move the balls to the tight ends? How are the Jets going to get the tight ends involved in this game? And, look, I think LaFleur's got to be creative. Like, the Jets, 
need to have a trick play or two to win this game. And look, I think the Jets, the biggest thing for the Jets is you got to be competitive in every game. Like at the bare minimum, you got to compete. This has to be a one possession game. You have to have this fans engaged in the fourth quarter. Like no more of these. Well, we played good for a half. We had a good series. You need to have a consistent game. Um, Jets fans will be pumped for game one in a moving 9-11 tribute. This should help the team get a fast start. Uh, yeah, I do. I did see that announcement from Woody about getting there early today. And also the Jets announced that they're going to do the full white uniforms, which are one of my favorite uh, looks for this Jet team. Um, but look, like it's it's going to be tough. And Baltimore's also, I mean, you look at their injury report too. Uh, they do have a couple of key injuries. J.K. Dobbins, obviously, um, obviously is the big one because he, to me, is one of the more dynamic players on that team. Uh, I mean, I do know that they had the freaking mascot on the uh, injury report as well, which I think is, is nuts. But look, like I just have this feeling that with the Jets – the one thing that that does help with the first two weeks, especially, is while I think the offensive lines for both the Browns are pretty good, like I don't think the Browns are as good as the Ravens offensive line. I do think that both of those teams do lack explosive edge players. Now, they do have Amari Cooper with the Browns. And Bateman's going to be the number one here for Baltimore. But it's not like you're going against the Bengals who have three or four elite receivers on the outside. That could be a matchup nightmare. So I do think that that does help with the Jets. But look, Flacco, this is his opportunity. We've heard Robert Sala, and I know that what he says can ring hollow to a lot of Jet fans at this point. Uh, And I'll get to the poll question a little bit, which is on the community page if you haven't checked it out yet. Um, but I do think the Jets can easily compete in this game. It all comes down to can Flacco manage the game and move the football efficiently. Cause I do think the Jets defense is looking to make a statement and look, it's week one. The Jets have had a lot of time to prepare for this game. So if the Jets come out and they look unprepared and they look unprofessional, that's going to be a major indictment against this coaching staff because they've had all off season to prepare for this game. They have, all these opportunities. And look, I understand the gamesmanship with, with Zach Wilson. I think what they did wasn't the smartest thing in the world. And I don't necessarily agree with it, but. um, So I I do think the jets have a legitimate shot. Um, Flacco needs to be a point guard and just distribute to his playmakers. And look, if I'm the jets, like you have Michael Carter, you have Brees Hall and the floor talked about Michael Carter being the hardest offense. If I'm the Jets, I'm just trying to check it down to those guys, create screenplays, use the athleticism of this offensive line. Like, that's the thing with Flacco. Flacco's got the big arm, but Flacco doesn't need to be trying to throw 40, 50-yard bombs. I mean, he's got guys that can get yards after the catch now. And in some ways, that's why Mike White worked very well. I think Mike White understood, look, he doesn't have a big arm. He's not going to be able to push it down the field. He's like, I got the get the ball quickly, accurately to my guys, and let them make plays. Um, Boycott Activision. Jets should win this game. We have a better roster. I think the 
I think the the Ravens have a better roster. I do think the Jets have closed. The roster for the Jets has closed the gap in this league. But the problem is this league is so predicated on quarterback play now with all the rule changes, with the way how the game is managed now. The Jets are at a severe disadvantage at the quarterback position, either way you look at it, with Flacco. Like the one game you look in the first four games, if Flacco has to play against the Steelers, if I'm just throwing that out there in case that happens. Yeah, you can make the case that's a push with the quarterbacks, with the Steelers and the Browns, but for the Ravens and the Bengals, especially early, there's no question that those teams have better quarterback coming into this game. So I know they keep saying Flacco's a starting 32. This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for Flacco to prove himself. And I mean, let's be honest, Flacco has an opportunity here. If he plays really well for three games, and we know Zach Wilson this year is about finding the answer for Zach Wilson. So Zach Wilson's going to be the quarterback when he comes back. But the trade deadline, if a team needs a quarterback and Flacco's played well, maybe he becomes a trade asset. You never know. So, but let me get to the poll question. Uh, if Flacco gets three seconds in the pocket, he'll be fine. I agree that's been Max Day, but we'll see how the how the Ravens try to attack Max Mitchell. You know they're going to attack him. You know they're going to try to overload that size, throw some looks. So if you're the Jets... Make sure you have a back to chip on that side or add additional tight ends on that side. So uh, just a crazy day again for the Jets. Another injury with Brown, of course, not good. We understand that. But I did have an interesting poll question on the channel with 50 votes. Thanks, you guys, so much. I really appreciate it, as always. Uh, so, again, if you're new, subscribe to the channel. We have all these polls. I love your feedback. Is the honeymoon over for Robert Sal and Zach Wilson? That was the question I proposed to you. And the results are what I kind of expected. The results are 65% said yes, 35% said no. And the reason I brought up this question for Salah and I will start this by saying I do like Salah as a head, head football coach, the football aspect. I do think the players really like playing for him. I think the players like the culture he's instilled. You can tell that players in free agency did want to come here and play for Salah. And the biggest thing I've seen under Salah is guys get better. That was one of the biggest gripes I have with the previous coaches is I did not see growth, especially from the young players. I have seen a progression with this coaching staff. I do like what they are doing X's and O's wise. But unfortunately for head coaches, that's only part of the game, especially in the New York market. And you have to learn how to handle the media. And I do believe that Robert Sala, especially after Adam Gase, had probably one of the longest runways you could get for a head coach in this town. But I do think that that goodwill has pretty much ended because of the press conferences this last couple of weeks. And the thing that concerns me with Salah is, look, in your first year, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to misspeak. You're going to say the wrong thing. I get it. It's your first time as a head coach. It's your first time being a team leader. I can accept a couple mistakes. But I, what I want to see is you learn from mistakes. And Salah has not learned from his mistakes. And the problem is, at the time, I don't think he realized what, what the Zach Wilson situation did and how his handling 
comes off really bad. Because I do like Salah. And I get the gamesmanship. We've seen this all the time. But even as someone in the media, and I want all the great sound bites, I want coaches to talk. But there are times where less is more. And I do believe Salah has to learn that, especially when it comes to injuries. Because when you are talking about the franchise quarterback, when you're talking about key players to an organization, and you tell the fan base one thing, and you might not have the correct answer, or you're not 100% the answer, it's going to come back to bite you. Now, last year was a bit different. Because again, first season, but we've seen this troubling trend where we see Makai Becton go down. Sal comes out and says the timeline is four to eight weeks. Great. We get to week nine or 10. How's it looking with Becton? Uh, not ready yet. Another week or two goes by. Still not ready yet. Then finally, Becton's out for the year. Excuse me? I thought the timeline was... Four to eight weeks, not the entire season. Fast forward to this summer, the Becton situation. And to be fair, I do understand that Salah was is trying to be the eternal optimist. He says that, and from what he got from the training staff before the MRI, hey, it doesn't look as serious. Gets the MRI, Becton's done for the year. Now you have Zach Wilson come out. And I do think part of the reason Salah was saying this is the Jets still feel they dodged a bullet. Like when you've seen what's happened with Zach, realistically, week four was the timeline he was going to be coming back because they wanted to make sure he was completely healthy, had practice. And look, I understand babying him and bring him along slowly, but the Jets could do a lot more harm if they put him out early than if they put him out later. And there's still a lot to deal with that. I've even said, like, now I do think that there's a concern over the health of Wilson. I'll get to Wilson with his honeymoon in a second. But with Salah, I think a lot of this fan base, and let me know what you think in the comments, and I would love to hear you, your comments afterwards if you're joining us after the live stream. And here's the thing. I really like Salah as a head coach. I do think he has a lot of great characteristics. But you have to learn, especially with this Jet fan base, which is just used to things not going right, which is used to things not breaking our way, you can't give people false hope. And the Jets have even made it clear that this is what they thought the original timeline. And when they come out saying, oh, it was gamesmanship. We didn't want the Ravens to worry. The problem is you can't hint to this fan base where their entire season and this entire year is based off of Zach playing and playing well. That's basically what fans are looking forward to this year and giving them the idea he could go week one and then saying, oh, by the way, yeah, he's not coming back to week four. And then when you're, he's asked, was it a setback? Because that's what I thought initially. It's like, no, it wasn't a setback. This was the original plan. The, either be completely honest and tell people that was the plan and not try to go around it, or, I don't know, basically, well, why why is he bumped back to week four? It was a more complicated injury than we thought. 
it's requiring a longer timetable to recover. Wouldn't have been great, but it would have been a lot better in terms of, I think, public reaction. And I do believe a lot of Jet fans, they're not done with Salah, but I do think the honeymoon of the grace period is over. Now, I do want to see Salah get at least three years as a head coach. I think he deserves it unless things go catastrophically wrong this year. But you look right now like that to me is a concern because I want to see growth in my head coach, especially when it comes to handling the media. We Year one, look, I can give forgive you for mistakes because it's going to happen. It's your first time doing it. But you're year, year two, and it's a troubling trend with injuries. Like if, if I am the Jets PR, I'm saying we either don't comment on injuries or we keep it extremely vague. Because when you try to give timelines and you're wrong on the timelines, it just gives people more ammunition. And let me get to your comments before I get to Wilson. I see a bunch of backed up, so let me get to you. Um, let's see. Boycott Activision. Nope, Sal took two to three years to get an elite defense. The only way I'm giving up on Zach is if he's injury prone. Talent-wise, he's a baby Mahomes. I I love the talent, but I'll get to Wilson in it with the injuries. Do you think Sal has been influenced by the Jets communications office doing pressers? I don't think he's been influenced, but they do have PR people that tell him what they think he should say, what questions are probably coming. So I do think the Jets have prepped him on certain aspects. But again, when you're up there in the moments and when you basically say, I'm not going to talk about this anymore, but he's out to week four and there was no setback. That just raises a lot more questions because it's like, well, then why is he not? And even you could tell Zach is disappointed. But one of the things with the Jets is their handlings of quarterbacks. I know this is not what Jet fans want to hear, but this is the right way to handle it. Because if they rush him out there and he gets hurt again, not only is the season done, but you do wonder if jobs within this organization will also be done at the end of the season. Not sure Sal is a good head coach either. Let's see his halftime adjustments are better than last year. Eternal optimists and idealists have trouble with the facts of reality. Sal must be straightforward with the New York fan base and media. We can handle the truth. Like And Spin Max Dave, I think you hit it right on the head. Uh, I think that that is exactly how I would say it. Is basically New Yorkers, they're, they're built differently. New People from New Jersey, they're built differently. Like... Look, they're used to a lot of crap. They don't want a lot of fluff. They want to get to the facts. Like, they want to know. And look, it's okay to be idealistic, but you can't be idealistic and then all of a sudden, oh, uh, by the way, this is uh, not good. Jet fans need therapy. This is not a PR company or fortune tellers. They can give me the wrong lottery numbers for all I care. I'm giving Sal three to four years minimum. And boycott Activision. That's why I'm here. I keep telling Jet fans, join my channel, subscribe, because it's a lot cheaper than therapy. Like, we can get, you know, I'm your Jets therapist. Give me your thoughts. Give me your comments. Like, vent it out in the comments. I'm your therapist. And look, I'm a lot cheaper than a therapist, too. And I actually understand the pain you're going through as a Jet fan myself. So, again, this is Jets fan therapy, basically, is what I like to call this channel. It's a lot it's a lot cheaper. Save your money. Save your the ch- tickets are expensive. Save your money on therapy. 
come here. So, but the reason I'm saying the honeymoon's over for Wilson and audition brought it up a little bit earlier is this is concerning with his injuries because I've been saying this about Becton. I think Becton's a worse case, obviously, than Zach. But I kept saying for people like, oh, you're being mean to Becton. And like I keep saying, look, I love Becton. I believe Becton has the talent to be one of the best offensive linemen in the league. I love the kid. I love the way his personality. I love the way, you know, he handles himself. But I also have to be realistic when he's not playing in games. And Wilson now, think about this. Zach Wilson had the potential through the first three weeks of the season to play 20 games in the NFL. 20. He's only going to have played in 13 of them. He's only going to have played 13 out of 20. Look at the percentages. That's 65% of games. That's not a good number. And I love Zach's talent. But one of the biggest things in the NFL is durability. One of the reasons which made Eli Manning a good franchise quarterback is despite him maybe not being the most talented, maybe not being the greatest quarterback for the Giants, you knew one thing. He was going to be the quarterback for the Giants week in and week out. And for Wilson, I do wonder if there are rumblings in this building because it's also the way he got hurt this time and his comments after the injury, which is, yes, he basically counts said what he did was dumb, that he shouldn't have been scrambling, but then he also said that he's not going to change his playing style. And if you're the Jets in this front office, you're and you're Joe Douglas, I do wonder, are you sending some scouts to Ohio State? Are you sending a couple scouts to Alabama? Are you sending a couple of scouts to Florida just to check in on young quarterbacks just so you're up to date with all the information and being accurate? Because I still love Wilson's talent and his upside, and I really am praying that he is the franchise quarterback. But I will also say this. If Wilson suffers another injury this year, even if it's a short-term two- to three-week injury, I think the Jets are going to be done with Wilson. Now, is that an extreme hot take? Is that something outlandish? I don't think so. Because the Jets will have seen a quarterback that, despite the talent, will have missed a significant portion in two years. And the thing about injuries in the NFL and injury-prone players, they don't all of a sudden miraculously start playing 17 games a season. When you get guys that start getting injuries and they start adding up, it's concerning. And for Zach, it's the same right knee. It's the same. It's not the same injury, but it's the same location injury. And it's just, it's again, another gut punch. And you look at the Jets now, you feel like with Zach Wilson, you're already getting a bit of an incomplete evaluation, even with 14 games this year. But let me ask Jet fans of this too, and I pose this question too. If you're the Jets, if even as a fan, if Zach Wilson plays like a top 10 quarterback the rest of the season, you cannot tell me going into the next season that 
you're not thinking in the back of your mind. You're concerned about his durability. So Wilson has, I think, a lot more pressure on him. I do think the honeymoon for Wilson is over. And I think a lot of it also could come down to the circumstances. If two scenarios that could really hurt Zach are the following. Flacco plays well, not great, but I don't think Flacco's going to play great, but he plays serviceable. And the Jets start one and two or two and one. I think two and one's a stretch, but let's say they start one and two. And look, Flacco isn't great, but he's managing the offense. The pieces are moving. They're moving the ball at least efficiently down the field. If Wilson comes back and struggles, despite the extra time off, despite the extra rest, despite the extra training, that's not going to be a good look. The other factor is, could be even more concerning, which is, let's say the Jets start off 0-3 and Flacco looks terrible. There's going to be a lot of pressure especially in that October game. Because you've already seen it on Twitter, people saying, oh, you know, the Jets haven't won in September and forever. Oh, that streak could continue again. If the Jets are 0-3 again, if the Jets don't win a game in September again, if the Jets are in October and Zach Wilson struggles in Pittsburgh and this team is 0-4, you can't tell me that there is going to be an immense pressure and reaction from this fan base, which is sick and tired of the losing, which is sick and tired of being the butts of jokes, which is sick and tired of not playing relevant football in November and December. And yes, I do think that this Jet team is going to get better in the second half of the season I think the best case scenario when I when I looked at their schedule was three and six. More now, I think realistically is two and seven. But I do think they can win four or five games easily on the back stretch of the schedule, just the way their schedule fell this year. But you do wonder if this team is 0-4 and 0-5, and Zach Wilson struggling, and Jet fans around that time in October, we start looking at college football and we start seeing all the great quarterback play and we start hearing about all the good quarterbacks that could be going in the draft. You do wonder if that then all of a sudden changes the tide and people start looking at the draft and people start questioning, is Zach the answer? Is Joe Douglas the answer? Is Robert Sal the answer? I mean, the injury comes at a really bad and inopportune time. And already... Look, if you were to measure optimism for a fan base right now, I do think the Jets fans were really optimistic. I do think Jet fans were really excited about this season. But we're not even on the field yet for the first game. And Wilson's out a couple weeks. Dwayne Brown, an injury. Mekhi Becton Becton injured. It's already a gut punch and it's already a situation where it feels like the jets are already behind the eight ball and the season hasn't even started yet. So I do think that there's going to be a lot of pressure, especially if the jets do not win a game. Like to me, Salah has to buck that trend. Like they have to sneak a game in September, even with Flacco. Look, I think the Bengals will be a tough test. But they have to either sneak one in Baltimore against Baltimore. They have to sneak one against Cleveland. Like the Jets cannot be 0-3 by the time they're playing on Pittsburgh because you know 
if they're 0 and 3 and they lose that game and Wilson doesn't play well at 0 and 4, you know the knives are going to come out. And you know that this fan base is going to get pissed and this fan base is not going to show up to games in the second half of the season. This this fan base is going to start selling their tickets again and they're going to have road fans in those games. And you understand that Woody, look, Woody's been patient. But also history tells us a lot about people. I mean, Woody has always been the guy that will be aggressive and is not patient. And you cannot tell me he is not happy that his team will likely miss the playoffs for the 12th consecutive season. You cannot tell me that he is going to be thrilled if this team is again picking in the top five or 10 in the NFL draft. You cannot tell me he will not be happy if this team is already out of it again in October. So there is a lot of pressure on this Jet team. But uh, Boycott Activision, Vin Rotten, love, again, my nickname from two, left nothing but destruction behind. Didn't get, didn't he get both Vakai and Zach injured? I'm blaming him anyway. I mean, I, I think that's, I, I blame him too. You know, I think that's a good job. Um, Zach is the only NFL starting quarterback that got hurt in the preseason. Another hurt quarterback, Sam Darnold, the last starting Jets QB. Uh, Zach's injury pro, we have to move on next year. I still think it's a bit early, but Snoopy brings up a great point. Snoopy brings up a point where I do think a lot of Jet fans now, and that's why I asked the question, is the honeymoon over? Are Jet fans already starting to move off of Zach? Maybe unfairly moving off of Zach, but... It will be a big talking point this year. And like I said, Zach can play great these 14 games he's back. But you do know that people in the building and the fan base is still going to be holding their breath saying, okay, that's great, but can he go through a full season? And I will say this as well. If Zach Wilson gets hurt again, if he gets hurt a second time this year, even if it's a two-week injury or he has to miss another start, I would not be surprised this organization is having that discussion to move off of him. Because one of the big things we have to look at, I know Giant fans hate this, but I do think the Jets and Giants have mirrored each other a lot. And for Daniel Jones, one of the biggest issues with Jones, and I know people will point to the fumbling, people will point to the play, but the biggest problem for me with Daniel Jones is he can't stay healthy. And the Giants continue to run back with the guy who's proven he cannot stay healthy in this league. So the Jets, I don't think, can sell to their fan base, to the organization, into that locker room next year if Wilson gets hurt again. If Wilson misses four to five games, he basically misses a quarter of the season every year. You cannot do that. I mean, with the way the league is structured around starting quarterbacks, like you need to not only have you need to have a great one, but you need to have a great one that's available. I mean, you cannot afford to be trying to win games with a backup quarterback. One or two weeks at the most will be tough. You're asking a backup quarterback, and you're seeing it already. You're asking Joe Flacco to lead this team to a victory or two in the first month of the season. I mean, and to be honest, the Jets have a decent backup situation. Is it the best situation in the NFL? No, but I don't think it was one of the worst situations either. And you do wonder now if the Jets maybe have some regrets about 
maybe not looking at Garoppolo a little bit more, or maybe trying to make a trade with San Francisco or investing more in a better backup quarterback in the free agency market. Like, look, I know they like Flacco. They love what Flacco has done, the leadership he brings. But you also wonder, too, do the, if you were to ask Joe Douglas honestly, like if you had to say, like, look, Joe, I can see the future, and Flacco's going to have to start your first three games of the year next year. Because Zach's going to get hurt in the preseason. I do wonder if you were to tell him that, if he would have addressed the quarterback position a little bit more or been a little bit more aggressive. Um, Zach has been dealing with injuries since college. Beck is under fire for injuries. Why isn't Zach? I mean, it's Snoopy. I think one of the reasons is, I think it's a couple reasons. Number one, it's the quarterback. And Jet fans are just so praying that Wilson's the answer at quarterback that I do think that that's part of the reason it's getting overlooked. And Becton's injuries have been serious. I mean, Becton missed the entire season basically last year, and he's going to miss another full season. So I think the severity and the longevity of the injuries have been worse for Becton as opposed to Zach. And one of the things, too, which this is the weird part of the whole conversation, which is, yes, it's not great that Zach's missing three games, but I also keep telling Jet fans that even though he's not starting a week four, like if I was to tell Jet fans that Friday night or that Saturday morning after the Eagles game, I have word Wilson's going to miss the first three games of the season, but he will be back. I guarantee you 95%, if not a hundred percent of you would have signed up for that instantly because you thought he was done for the entire season. And if he was done for the entire season, it would be a situation of like how they figure out the quarterback position. Cause you know, it'd be a lost season. Um, but I do think that's one of the reasons Snoopy why Becton has gotten more fire for injuries than Zach. But if Zach gets hurt again, I guarantee you it will be a huge talking point. Overall, the Jets are healthier than last year, but our injured players are the key ones. Um, yes, they are healthier. I would say in a weird way on the offense. Defense last year, the defense had the major injuries coming this season. I mean, losing Lawson. Um, so... Yeah, I I would say, yeah, that's a tough one. I still think the Jets have a lot of injuries, the more injuries than you would want. Rich, I would be, Rich, I would, I think that's would. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if Zach and Brown play less than four games this year. Brown, we still don't know the severity. I keep checking on that. Um, Zach. I think Zach's going to play. Like, that's the other big thing. If Zach doesn't play next year, I mean, sorry, Jesus. If Zach doesn't play in week four, I do think that will also amp up a lot of people around this organization thinking that, you know, it, it just will be tricky. And like, that's going to be the frustrating thing about this Jet team this year, potentially, is. I do think this offense is better. Like even with injuries on the offensive line, I still think that this overall as a unit is better because you've improved the guard position with Lincoln Tomlinson, who's a Pro Bowl level guard. Elijah Vera Tucker, I think, is going to take another step forward. And look, you lost, you, you know, you lost Moses, but Mitchell, Mitchell's the question. Mitchell can just be serviceable. It doesn't have to be good. Doesn't have to be great. Just serviceable. I think this offensive line's better than it was last year. The receivers are better than last year. The running backs are better. 
The problem is, do they have the trigger man to pull? Do they have the right guy at quarterback to do that, whether it's Flacco or Wilson? We're going to have to see. If Flacco falls flat, Mike may move into number one slot again closer to Strebler time. He may not be polished, but at least he is exciting to watch. Um, I like Strebler too. I I just have a feeling like if Flacco is that bad and they have to go to White, like that is the worst case scenario because I like White, but I do think White is very limited what he can bring to the table. Um, I want Champagne, CJ Stroud next year. Like, I don't think Champagne's going to come here if he's going anywhere. It's Miami. Uh, uh, Stroud. Look, I know there's already a portion of Jet fans are already looking at Stroud next year, but um, look, I, I just have this feeling that for the Jets, like it's going to have to go so wrong for them to get up there for a quarterback. But I also look at it, too, where we have to remember that the NFL's changed. Like, even if the Jets need a new quarterback, they could go to the trademark. And we've seen veterans move. And the Jets, if they have these good young pieces and they continue to develop, could be a more attractive place for a veteran quarterback to want to come to. Um, I think Flacco's going to be all right. The receivers rave about him. I mean, the receivers aren't going to also talk negatively about him. Um, I think one of the concerns with Flacco is that Giants preseason game. And I understand it's the preseason, but I still would have liked to see Flacco not thrown a pick six and Flacco be more efficient against those backups. And could you say it's rush? Sure. Could you say it's, you know, just struggles with just getting everyone in sync? Sure. But come Sunday, they're real bullets. It's a real opportunity. And look, I think Flacco throws a great ball. I think Flacco has the athleticism, the ability to be great. But we also have to remember, too, I, Flacco hasn't been a full starter since 2017. I mean, 2018, we know he got replaced by Lamar. But you look in Denver, 2019 was 2-6. and six. Uh, Even with the Jets, I mean, he went 0-4 in 2020, filling in. I mean, look, Flacco is what he is. Last year, three touchdowns, no picks. Like, what they need from Flacco is what he did against the Dolphins last year. And I kept saying this at the start of the program. Like, they need him to go basically do a 250 yards, maybe one touchdown. Two would be great, but one touchdown, no picks. Buffalo looks scary even with four turns. They smoked the Super Bowl chance. I hope we can just compete and stay in games this year. Like, I, I think that's the big thing, too. Buffalo, Buffalo, to me, like, this is their year because – they have all these expectations. They have all these great players, but you do wonder how they're going to be able to handle the cap in the long term, how they're going to be able to handle drafting later. And they have lost some key members of that front office, although it doesn't look like Allen was phased by Dable. And look, the Rams, I think the Rams are going to be a weird team this year. I think the Rams are going to be a playoff team. I think the Rams are going to be fine, but Stafford's also had arm issues. I don't think that that offense is fully in sync. And look, that defense lost, I thought, the most important piece outside of Aaron Donald, which was Von Miller. I mean, Jalen Ramsey is a very good corner. I think he's – everyone says he's the best corner in the league. For the amount of times he gets burned, and there was a great stat, I think he's given up like a 30-yard touchdown in six straight games, which is horrifying. But, like, it was one of those things, too, like when I looked at the Rams, I like – they didn't become a Super Bowl defense until Von Miller was on that defense. So I do think that's going to be a huge loss from this year. But just on their talent, their coaching, I do think they're going to get to nine or ten wins easy. 
probably 11. They'll probably be a wild card team. They'll have to go on the road. Maybe they win one wild card game. Um, Snoopy Buffalo should sweep the division. Like, I, be honest with you, I think that they should. Um, Facco played well with an okay Denver team. He should have started five and one them. Like, the big thing though is Flacco. This is a great opportunity for him to really show that he can still play. Like, I don't think he's bad, but I do think this is a great opportunity. Like, if the Jets can pull this off against the Ravens, which I still think they have a shot to do, I think the Bengals are going to be the the weird one because the Bengals are the Super Bowl, the AFC uh, defending champs. I think they're a bit overrated. I although Burrow, I think, is unbelievable. I know they've improved the offensive line, but I'm really interested to see how good their offensive line is this year. I think the Bengals are going to be tough, but if Joe Flacco goes two and one and puts his team in a good situation, I think that'd be ideal, but we'll have to see. And of course we'll do the analysis after the game here on rich sports talks. So make sure you subscribe. We'll go live right after the game, getting your thoughts on the game, my breakdown of the game, what I liked, what I didn't like. So we will have all of that on Sunday. Um, I don't know. I watched Buffalo last night and I kept saying we have just as much talent as them. We're just young. Uh, I mean, boycott Activision. I mean, it all starts with the quarterback position and it's clear that Allen is a generational talent. Um, The Bills are a weird team because I do. Here's my thoughts on the Bills. I think the Bills have an unbelievable quarterback. They have a really good receiving core. They have a decent enough offensive line, but they have a quarterback that's so mobile, it doesn't matter that they're just good, not great. I think their defense is underrated. I think they have a really good defense, especially their secondary. I think it's really good. I don't love their that they don't have a running game outside Josh Allen. I don't think they're consistent enough in the running game, and that hurts. But it is weird when you say, like, talented. Like, the receiving core, just because Diggs is so good, I think two through four, the Jets are better than in the receiving core, but not number one. I think the Jets now have a better tight end room. I think the Jets have a better offensive line than the Bills, and the Jets have better running backs potentially than the Bills. But overall, like one through 53, I still think the Bills have one of the best rosters in the NFL. I don't think that's disputable. Um, Let's see. Random Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff cost us Jared Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Uh, so, but let's. That's the other thing too with the with the quarterback draft is like the biggest thing for me is going to see how Justin Fields does because I, really I don't think Lance. I think Lance will be okay. I don't think Lance is going to be anything really special. I think Mac Jones is going to have really regressed this year, and we're going to see that he is a game manager. He's a starting quarterback in this league, but he's not dynamic to carry a team. Fields will be the interesting one because that will always be the guy that I do think Jet fans will question, could they have had Justin Fields? And look, I feel Fields is more athletic, but Fields also was injured last year. Can he survive in Chicago? And look, Zach Wilson, say what you want, but Zach Wilson doesn't have excuses like, like uh like fields does because fields has a new oc new head coach they didn't invest in the offense like jets kept everything the same for zach invested heavily in the offense for zach brought in weapons for zach and look i know the brown injury is a big one but i still think even with max mitchell that the jets have a still a pretty good offensive line uh 
why are people shocked Zach is out to week four? It's laughable. Uh, Fields will surprise people this year. I want Fields. We'll continue to say until Zach does something. I mean, look, it, I I get what you're saying. I get the frustration, but uh, we'll have to see. Imagine Fields had all these. It, it's, it'll be interesting to see. And look, the Jets had an opportunity to draft Fields. I still think at the time Zach was the right call, but we will see. And look, a lot of this is a crapshoot. I mean, it wasn't easy for the Jets. They had number one, they're taking Trevor Lawrence. So then it was basically choosing between the rest of the quarterbacks. And uh, I think this year could be a sophomore slump for a lot of this draft class. I really do. Um, but that, that'll be the big question. But overall, I think the Jets have a shot in this game against the Ravens. Flack was going to have to be efficient, but to me, the big key is the defense. Can the Jets, the Jets have to win this game and they have to steal something, whether it's in special teams or the defense, especially the defense. Like the defense has to create turnovers. Like they have to get the football back, give their offense more chances and keep Lamar off the field because the Jets, I love their running backs, but especially if you're playing them fancy, I would not bet big on the Jets running backs. The Ravens had the number one rush defense last year. They're built to run the ball and stop the run. So I, I think the Jets, if they're going to move the ball through the air or creatively, like through screen plays, <clears throat> using the running backs in that regard, um, score prediction. I, I think the Jets have a shot, but I still just think the Ravens are a better team right now. I'm going to say Ravens 23 to 20. Um. That's what I would say. But why take the small school QB with an injury? It's madness in hindsight. I mean, hindsight's always 2020, Snoopy. Uh, the old line, we are in serious trouble. We've been saying that before Beckton got hurt again. Like, Jacob, I mean, you've been on the channel. You know how I've been, how I felt about the offensive line. But we will see this weekend. We'll be back Sunday after the game to give our live reaction, talking about the Jets, their situation. We'll be talking about the Jets and their offensive line. And we'll also be talking about Joe Flacco and how he did out on the field. So, again, guys, thank you so much for joining us here today. We'll be back on Sunday breaking down the Jets' home opener against the Ravens here on Rich Sports Talk. Look forward to seeing you there.